Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When we started to get this one off the ground, there were a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do you get the show into all these podcast apps like Apple, Spotify, and Overcast so people can actually listen to it? I've seen some shows make a bunch of money. How can I? The answer to every one of these questions is simple. Anchor. Anchor's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. It's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use, to the point where you can pull out your phone right now and knock out a solo episode if you wanted to. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means that you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. Anchor makes it easy for us to record from wherever, whenever, and not worry about unreasonable subscriptions or limits. It's the easiest platform to get your show on all bigger platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You even get to see how your show is doing per episode by how many listens you've received with Anchor's metrics. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm start to join us and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Now let's get this shit popping. That's the kind of stuff you go to a bar and listen to when you're like 48, 49, 50. All, all I'm going to say is I'm 31 and that shit was a bop. If I, I knew the people I, get old when they turn 30. I knew it. I, I'm going to just let you know somebody this week is going to be in their car and they're going to hear that song and they're going to think of this podcast and y'all going to be, it's time. I'm t- you know the word? Yeah. All he said was it's time for like literally two minutes. So <laughs> that's it. He said he want to get on the floor and grind. And then he walked up to the Tiger Stripe girl. And then he said, I want to get on the floor and grind. It's time. He felt like a lot of us do. That's all we want to do when we go out. We want to. Hey, hey, Greg, I think we good on all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Are y'all ready for this? Let's get it. Here we go. Welcome to the Young Black and Bothered Podcast, where we discuss news and entertainment, everything from sports. It's great to have you with us for the divisional playoffs. Let's be great. Let's be great. Politics. Do you have optimism? I am very optimistic. I, I believe that at the end of the day, no matter how bad it gets, that right will overpower wrong. That's why I fight every day. And the hottest outtakes of the week. Keeping it hot. And now your host. Here is Greg, Chris, CJ, Q, and Tony. Hey y'all, so this is the Young Black and Bothers podcast. I'm your host, Greg, a.k.a. Mariachi Poppy, and, you know, I'm going to keep it short this week. Um, we are missing two of our guests this week, so we do have a guest co-host from our other podcast. We'll get to him in a second, but we're going to let the other, you know, two, Q and CJ, go ahead and introduce themselves to you. I don't know who you are. CJ, oh, CJ, a.k.a. Conrad Jackson. It's Q, a.k.a. Sober Q tonight. That's it. Yeah, as you can tell, we're a bit little, you know, disheveled this week. A whole bunch of other stuff going on in the world. You know, we record tomorrow for, you know, BBU, Good, Bad, and Unavailable podcast tomorrow. So y'all check that out. But there's a whole lot of nothing going on this week. But before we get into that, I might as well let you guys know 
that again this is the young black and bothers podcast you can find us on itunes stitcher automatic oh god spotify soundcloud all the networks that you can actually find your favorite podcast you can now find us we done been working hard to get you basically us everywhere you can go um Saying that to say this, we do have some podcast reviews, which I thought was pretty interesting because iTunes doesn't actually let you know that you got these reviews. Um, I had to go on and told me that we had six reviews, but I can only see three. So I had a whole hell of a lot of time to call and contact Apple to try to figure out everything. So I'll go ahead and read the few that we can find on iTunes until we get them. But we are five-star ranked on iTunes for, you know, those who care. Uh, the first review comes from Corin54. Gave us a five-star. Thank you for that. The comment is very long. I like the mad, the little mad section. I'm not sure who asked it, but I actually stopped to watch the movie trailer he spoke on, and I'm dead as fuck. He's right, and I'm honestly crying at this point. So that was back in June. So we basically just found that out. Uh, thank you for that, Corn. Uh, we have a review from The Other Best that says, love it, five stars. Great podcast to listen to. Love the topics and the hosts are hilarious. So that's, that's dope. And then our most recent one is a five star. And it's titled Young Black and In Love. Love the show. The content is very original and the hosts are hilarious. I admire the diversity get to see perspectives from both sides, male and female. The AKAs get me every time. Keep up the great work. That is awesome. Feels good to actually read positive news from the podcast. Um, obviously, yeah. you know, if you guys want to do the same thing, you can rate us five stars on iTunes or any other platform, and we will read them on the air as long as they are five star. Anything else, you know, hating and whatnot, we're just going to act like that never happened. Um Santa to say this, how was everybody's weekend? Oh man, my weekend was jam packed, man. I went to the uh you know, I went to the Beyonce Jay Z show, went on the run on the run two tour. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. That was my first time ever seeing Jay Z or Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very I, mean, I knew I had to go see him because my mother seen him before I did. I said, Okay, I have to go. <laughs> But it was it was it was definitely amazing. Like I, you know, out of all the, I can definitely hands down say out of all the shows and concerts I've been to, that was it's going to take a lot for me for somebody to top that for me from my personal perspective. You know what I mean? That was a great show. Then I had I went to a birthday brunch with one of my close friends. Mm-hmm. Um, that was good. You know, it was, it was pretty jam packed. I enjoyed my past weekend. That's that's good. And let me go back because I kind of skipped over for a second. But we do have. My guest host, he has to actually introduce himself and he can tell us how his weekend is. So, do you tell him, you know, who you are? Obviously, whoever's heard before last week, they know who he is, but he needs to introduce himself to the YBAB crew. So, let him know who you are. What's up, everybody? It's, it's D Banks again. Just here, subbing in. I'm trying to bring a little little light over here to this side of the podcast. I want to actually piggyback off of what CJ said. My weekend was pretty, you know, adventurous and fun-filled. I actually, too, went to the On the Run 2 tour. It was fantastic. They put on a marvelous show, marvelous show. Um, I do have to say, though, I appreciate every single body that went live on Facebook because that's how I got to go there. I didn't pay for a damn ticket. Y'all saved me some money. <laughs> appreciate it. 
I had about seven different angles of the whole concert. Didn't miss a beat. It was great. Y'all are the real MVP. <laughs> Q, what about you, man? Did you go to Beyonce concert too? Uh, negative. <laughs> What'd you end up doing? What I do every week. Um, <laughs> when I have fun Drink. available. <laughs> of course, you know. Um, but it has, <clears throat> I do have some good news um, from this week. Um, I'm one step closer to not being unemployed anymore. My man. Congratulations. Man. Even though it's not even a completely bad thing to be unemployed, but you know, but go ahead. No, no, it's a completely bad thing when you got three kids to, to take care oh, of. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. a very bad thing to be unemployed. <laughs> um, <clears throat> um, but now I just have to. I've gotten past the hard part with one school system that I've been looking into. So now the next hard part is finding the school that I want to work at, which it'll come. But I passed. But I got over the hurdle of going through going through the main application process. Well, that's good, man. You know, all the good luck to you is going to actually happen. You know this. You know. Yeah, blessings. Of course, blessings. Yeah. Prayer don't work without action, so. Exactly. That's true. Oh. So, so let, you know, let's, you know, give our blessings also to Chris. You know, she has some family stuff going on right now. She says she's going to try to get into the podcast today. I'm not sure if she will. Um, Tony actually has wedding stuff that he's dealing with right now. So hopefully the both of them can show up this episode. If not, you know, just, you know, hit them up on their social media and just make sure that they're good. You know, I guess going on to that, we need to start into these topics for the week. Um, well, actually, no, I got to go back because I said I was going to do this because it, it means a whole lot. Um, obviously, we have an engineer by the name of Ian who does our podcast every week. So all the little things, you know, that he does are really appreciated. We got a couple new things that you might notice this episode. You might notice in the next episode. But there's a lot of new things that are going to be happening with the podcast. Hopefully you're excited about them. Uh, I can one, um, one being that they will now have, um, actual chapters to the podcast. So we've had a couple complaints where people said that, you know, the podcast along the podcast go left and right. So if you want to skip, you can literally look at the show notes and say, Hey, you know, at the 28-minute mark, they actually start talking about something I care about. You can literally skip straight to that. You can click the button on, I think, Apple Podcast, um, Overcast, Pocket Cat, basically any platform that you're running, either iOS 11 or above. And I want to say the latest Android you know, software will let you chapter skip, which that's a big deal that hopefully the listeners will enjoy. It's something that not all podcasts do, but I appreciate the fact that we can. Um, so let's get straight into it. Um, so I want to say a couple days ago, I read an article about a shooting that happened in New Orleans where there was three people who died and seven people that were injured. Um, that was, I want to say, near the end of July, about the 28th, 29th that this happened. And New Orleans is wilding the fuck out. So that was what I read literally a couple days ago. And then I looked today and there's a two-year-old and a 16-year-old 
that were both shot on the interstate in a triple shooting that happened in New Orleans as well. I don't even want to make light about it because, you know, every time I watch First 48, there's always something happening. But New Orleans is wilding the fuck out. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. And just the ages that you just read off there, like their lives, especially the two-year-old, but even down to the 16-year-old, their lives haven't even begun yet. Exactly. And I don't, I don't think people realize, like, if you got beef with somebody, I don't even want to say it's beef. Like, whoever this person is, because apparently it looks like it's one of those situations where this person just killing at will. Like, what even convinces you to be like, you know what, I'm going to shoot at a two-year-old or, you know. Well, well, here's the thing. We, I mean, in D.C., we just had a situation like that a couple of weeks ago where a 10-year-old named Michaela Wilson, I think I'm saying the right last name, mm-hmm. um, was, she was just coming out of her house to go to the ice cream truck and some cowards, and, I'm, some co- and that's what, exactly what they are, cowards, just came, started shooting up the whole courtyard, neighborhood, and whatever. And, you know, 10 years old, her life hasn't even begun yet. Like, she, you know, my thing is, as a parent, I expect my children to bury me. You know, you know what I'm saying? That's that's at least that's how the natural order of things should be. You know, when you have it, when you make a child, when you bring a child into this world, that child is supposed to, it's supposed to bury you. Exactly. No parent should ever have to bury a. No parent should never should ever have to bury a child at a young age, and that child is at a young age, and it had nothing to do, with, you know, a sickness or anything like that. And it's it's sickening. It's sad. It's it's sad. It's sickening. And like we gotta we gotta go back to the old school days of you gotta beef with somebody, whatever. I don't. I mean, throw hands. At least somebody. At least at least you know all everyone involved gets to wake up the next morning. You know, and little kids, little kids ain't out losing their lives over some stupidity from someone else. Hey, I agree with you. And I'm just reading more information on the whole situation that happened down in New Orleans. And all of this happened on an interstate. Like mm-hmm. This is on an interstate. That's the equivalent to us driving down 395, going into D.C., and it's a shootout mm-hmm. on the parkway. Like, that's that's crazy. It, it, this, this new generation of real niggas or gangsters, what you call it, the code of ethics is there's there is nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's right. like it's uh that shit is gone. Um, there's no code. It's like it's no order. Like everybody knows they um anybody, even the the you know, where gangster the gangster shit started with with the Italians and like Chicago, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When the whole shit starts, they always their biggest thing was if we gonna be maniacs, we're gonna be maniacs in order. Not mm-hmm. necessarily gonna be maniacs, we we're doing it for profit. But right. if we're going if we're gonna if we're gonna be outlaws or we're gonna be you know the the rebels of this we're gonna have to have order because nothing mm-hmm. works without that and right now you know it's poverty stricken of course that's the reason why a lot of these dudes are doing it but they hold they hold they hold idea of being a quote unquote real nigga or or, or a gangster is it's out of whack yep because <laughs> you're just a maniac who why the fuck are you shooting on the interstate? Yeah. Senseless acts of violence. And why and then, are you pointing your gun in the direction of a child anyway? 
uh, even if your target is near that child. Yeah, like you shouldn't even be, you shouldn't even be like, okay, with nothing in you says, oh, that's a child there. This is a completely innocent child, has nothing to do with the situation. You really don't give a fuck? Yeah. You don't deserve to live. Yes. Yeah. It's so weird because I'm sure that the, you know, the person or the persons who actually were a part of the situation, they see this because they're like, all right, you know, I was the one that was shooting. Everybody has a phone. So imagine you get an alert and you just did some stupid shit where you were shooting on the highway. And you're like, hey, well, all the shit aligns with something that I've done. I was there and I was the one shooting. And you realize, you know what? I don't even have enough remorse to turn myself in because I killed people who were innocent. Now, for me, I'm like, did you even get the person that you were going after? First and foremost. Yeah, exactly. That's you what I want. You the, the you don't waste bullets, especially on innocent children. This is just disgusting, man. Like or innocent people. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's like you we have enough bad news as it is. So when we have places that already have a bad reputation for crime and, you know, drug just anything that's natured with New Orleans, I tell you, like, I can literally watch first forty eight and I told you, it's the terrible four. It's the Florida, the New Orleans, the Memphis, and, you know, I'm trying to think of the other spot. But um, these are those places when I see Chicago. them. Chicago. <laughs> yeah. When mm-hmm. I see, you know, them on First 48 or even on the news, I just instantly think it's bad. Um, I mean, everything I've heard about them is not positive. So this one, I saw it, I was like, okay, like New Orleans, and this was three days ago. And they said it was like uh, kind of like a mass type of shooting. I was instantly thinking, okay, it must have been some white. But then when I saw this shooting on the highway, I was like, okay, either it's one of two things. It's a copycat or it's a white guy who's literally just, I don't even give a fuck. Um, but then when I looked more into the article and it said that the police were investigating a damaged blue sedan, I was like, black. Just, I already knew just because the fact that every little keynote that they said in the article just matched up with even some like some beef or some drama, and it's not necessary. Man. Um, it's just a lot of bad news. So you know, I I, 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 I feel like we need to um because what's going on, man, Greg and guys. What I feel like is going on is I mean we were we we are guilty of it too, but we didn't go act on this shit. The music. Yep. And the music, and and just your your, your environment and your your influences in your environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we got to change what's what's cool. We got to be able to tell motherfuckers what's cool and what's not. That's why I, that's why I feel like a lot of people are doing things based off of what they feel like they're supposed to do because this is what it's how it's supposed to go. Mm-hmm. Like, nah, man, it's like I understand. I do understand. Violence will always be present. It's all. Mm-hmm. It right. always will be a thing. You know what I'm saying? But there was a, a time and place where violence was like, okay, they settled their differences. Let's go about our day. Exactly. Well, it's not to get too far off topic, but CJ, you're, you're pointing directly to it. This day and age, it's become desensitized. We're yep. being desensitized. Like it's back then when we were kids, you know, the violence was, you couldn't turn on TV and see somebody get shot in the face on Channel 5. Mm-hmm. Nah, that shit was safe for HBO, Showtime, all the shit that you actually had to pay for. Mm-hmm. Now on Channel 5, you can turn on the TV and in the middle of primetime television, Empire. you see somebody getting shot in the face. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's desensitization. Yeah. And the same thing goes with the music. The music is different. 
you know, not to keep quoting all these rappers, but rappers that we listened to back in the day were, I say back in the day, like we're fucking old, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> rappers that we listened to, they were about selling the drugs. Now, what did they say? All these niggas is talking about doing drugs. Yeah. And of course, you can't get, and look, you, you already know, you can't get nobody a gun that's under the influence. They're going to kill for anything. Exactly. Thank you. You know what I mean? Like, come on, man. It's just crazy. And you already know it's cool. What, what, what Future and Young Thug and all, what, what they promote? Name, Molly and all that. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's, 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 I'm wild. I don't, why do I need to be drugged up mm-hmm. to, you know what I'm saying? Okay, weed is cool. Everybody, I mean, weed. Weed is not going to do the same thing Lena's going to do. Exactly. Or, 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 or Zans. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like we got, it got to stop somewhere. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like he turned some full blown crackheads out here, yeah. and glor and, and glorifying, and glorifying. That's that's yeah. the, like You're nothing it's been out there for it's been out here for for decades, but now like it's so much, it's so glorified now, and it's like 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 D said, we're being desensitized. We're, we're definitely being desensitized. Where. You know, stuff we knew stuff was going on. <clears throat> so think, think, think back, think back to the the, the, the epidemic in DC. We saw it, yeah. like mm-hmm. we can see it with our eyes, but it wasn't put in front of us on the TV where where you got impressionable, impressionable minds watching and thinking, "Oh, this is okay." Like they can call us millennials. We're we're considered millennials and all that, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like we grew up in the most important era to grow up in, because we've seen the whole transition from then until now. We, we, we lived through the transition, and we seen, like, we lived through the difference. You know, our parents, they had their own generation. They seen it too, but they were pretty much already out of the whole, they were already out of it. They were, you know, the, the, they were already out of it. They were just looking down on us like, yeah, y'all didn't chill. But I know they see these kids now, like, what the hell is going on? Just imagine, you know, how we feel. They have to feel like six times worse because they like, okay, they thought we were bad, but the generation after us is like worse. And I know. Like, oh, no. I, I, I got a terrible. Hold on. I got a, I, I got a perfect example. Like everyone knows I'm a teacher. Clearly. So. <clears throat> Already now, I'm al- I'm already considering like when I'm coming out of the classroom because the kids that are coming into school these days, I I can't even explain half of the stuff they are doing, and it's not their fault. Their children, it's it's not their fault. It's it's what they it's what they're seeing their parents do, and then you know you got parents out here. You got parents out here that, you know, wants them to be their child's best friend. My children are not my best friends. Mm-hmm. Nope. Never will be. I will be friendly. Um, you know, I will be friendly, but you are not my friend. No, what? I brought you in this world. I can take you out of it. You are not my friend. And that's what a lot of, and that's what a lot of these situations now. And then, and I mean, just go think about it. Like, you got young parents you got young grandparents now i know all of us like my grandmother was my grandmother was in her 60s when i was born <laughs> yeah 
Greg, your grandmother's in her six, like late sixties, early seventies, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like we we have the old school grandmas that go out go out and get a go out and get a switch off the tree, <laughs> and it better than that be a small one. Like right. you exactly. know, man, my grandmother, my grandma. I wish I would come in the house with some dumb shit. My grandfather, man, that nigga, man, what? I ain't even want to disappoint neither one of them. You know what I mean? Like well, they. I think the main issue is it's not the way we were raised. It's the fact that we have our generation, like when I say our generation, meaning, you know, the late 20s, you know, 30s and like getting into the 40s, they aren't the parents anymore. They're the grandparents because their children are having the kids. So it's a situation where, hey, you might be doing homework with your kid because you are only 16, 17, 18 and your kid is Force. You're sitting there like, okay, I'm being raised by a child, so I'm going to act childish. You can't tell me anything when you're doing the exact same thing. You out running the streets. So when that kid becomes your age, they can be like, you can't tell me nothing. You did the same thing. The issue with that is when same thing, nigga. Yeah, so when we were our you know, when we were that age, we couldn't say that because our parents, even if they were like young-ish, if you want to call it that. They instilled into us because we had grandparents who lived, I don't want to say an old fashioned lifestyle, but they weren't, you know, they weren't getting the cops called on them because, you know, they whooped their kids ass. I got my ass whooped a lot. It taught me values and things that mattered. Not like, you know what? Oh, well, I'm just going to have my iPhone taken for two weeks and I'm going to get that shit back. It's like, no, you can't go nowhere. You can't go outside. The things that actually made you a person, like meeting people out, you know, at, a playground or, you know, at basketball practice. Pe- you know, kids don't do that shit no more. Everything is in their hands. And the fact that I've been on the Metro, I've been out of town, I've seen seven, eight-year-olds with the same fucking iPhone that I got, with the same way of getting the same information that I have. I can go on Twitter, they go on Twitter. So nothing for them is new. They're like, oh, well, Trayvon got shot. This person got shot. Oh, well, the fact that an eight-year-old can actually realize that and feel, like you said, desensitized, it's a big fucking deal, man. Yeah. Well, the punishment nowadays is telling the kids to go outside. Yeah. <laughs> they the same Well, speaking of going outside, because you got to get off that topic. Um, so I don't know if you guys watched on Monday, but the Trayvon Martin documentary, the I think the first part of Six came out. And... Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't want to harp too much on that one because we literally came from a topic like that. But I feel like everybody should watch that. Um, I don't know how I feel about watching all six episodes because it's like, okay, it may be information I didn't know, but it's like, honestly, like, I, I feel so conflicted just watching it and getting that information because it's going to make me even more vengeful and hateful towards, you know, not just the system, but most, more importantly, Zimmerman. Because the article I'm about to say, it's fucking with me even more than the documentary itself. Um, We spoke on him a couple weeks ago about the fact that he just won't stop. So in Orlando, he actually returned to court and he had a pretrial hearing for stalking the, you know, director of the documentary. So the authorities said that, you know, he threatened to feed the guy whose name is Dennis Warren that, you know, he threatened to feed him to an alligator, a threat that he also even said to Jay-Z who, you know, executive produced this, you know, whole series 
And then over the course, he, he can't, he can't touch Jay. But <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. But so he goes and he says, well, not what he says, but the private investigator says that he received 55 phone calls, 67 text messages, 36 voicemails, and 27 emails from George Zimmerman. When does the shit end? George Zimmerman needs a life. This is my thing. You know, Greg? Yeah. Back on your point about, you know, going into what the information that we didn't know, they played the tapes. Um, when they played the tapes mm-hmm. of you know the actual incident, they played it privately before they reached to the public. Mm-hmm. Even Martin's mother. Would you say? I think CJ cut out for a second. Oh, we lost one. But I'll, I'll, I'll let me go into the article until he comes back. So it says that the private investigator told deputies that over the course of nine days in December, he received 55 phone calls, 67 text messages, 36 voicemails, and 27 emails. Then, you know, he also threatened to feed him to an alligator. And then apparently, like, Zimmerman, you know, is asking for details of documentary and how he has anything to do with the crime. Dude, you did that shit. Like, you've gone out of your way to tell people that you also threatened to kill, that, hey, I've killed before, and I knew what I was doing. So it, co- it totally contradicts what I've seen in the, you know, documentary on Monday where he acted as if, like, that wasn't him. Dude, it was you. Um, now, I don't wish death on anybody. And, you know, I know Jay said that whole lyric he said on, you know, the new album, but I feel as though for Zimmerman to be who he is, He's gonna be one. He's gonna be that guy who's gonna end up being ninety six years old, still doing this shit, and he's gonna die in his sleep. We're gonna be sitting there like, "Yo, that was the most problematic motherfucker for the past fifty, sixty years." Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that last the longest. Harvey Weinstein, you see that mother. He's gonna live until he's at least eighty, doing the dumb shit he's been doing. Like. Some of these people are problematic and there's nothing we can change about it. You can't go and say, oh, I'm going to kill this person. I'm going to do this because you just should not do these things. However, Zimmerman, I don't know if he's going to get it at the end, if somebody's going to do it coming up, but I'm personally fed up with the shit with him. Um, And watching the documentary only makes me feel worse. So I feel like I might have to just sit the next four weeks out and then watch the finale in like, the whole way, you know, the whole thing. Cause even the commercial breaks piss me off because I'm on the edge of my seat. Like, wait a minute, what more information do I not have? And I gotta wait three or four minutes to get it. Yeah, like I said, that that definitely angered me deeply when I heard that Trayvon Martin's mother ran out of the uh, the meeting they had when they played the tapes, and she said that was my son's voice yelling help. Yep, and she ran out of the meeting crying. That angered the that angered the fuck out of me. Almost it bored in my eyes. Like, what the fuck? Like, she, you're not gonna not know your son's voice. Yep. <clears throat> well, let, let, let's, you know, get away from the blatant racism and go into a racist who obviously doesn't know that he's racist or didn't know that he was racist. Um, so none of us eat Papa John's, right? I used to. Nasty John's. Well, I ain't gonna lie. I used to eat it because... I would be broke as shit and I might have like $25 in my pocket. I'm like, oh, well. And the Redskins might have scored like five touchdowns and shit. Yeah. Yeah. 
and I would get five toppings and I might get like six strings of cheese that came on the entire fucking pizza, but I had five <laughs> toppings, right? Mm-hmm. So this dude, you know, I don't even want to say his name. I'm just keep calling him Papa Joss because I don't want to give him too much light. But he goes and he is filing a lawsuit against his, you know, former company just because of the stuff that he's basically done. He's suing the company, you know, because, you know, they denied him in the statement saying, you know, that he's a blatant racist. Um, They had him resign as a chairman and he still owns like, you know, I think it's between like 20 and 30% of Papa John's stock, which means he's still getting paid. He could just, he could just sit back and just sit pretty. But he won't do that. He's just like, you know what? I'm going to make a scene. He, instead of him just, you know, gracefully, you know, leaving, leaving the building, he's like, you know what? I'm going to just go ahead and be problematic. I'm going to kick and scream on my way out. Um, to the fact that now that the stocks have dropped for the company, and I don't know if you guys might or may, you know, may or may not have known, but at least 80% of all of the Papa John stores are actually independently owned. And mm-hmm. the av- the average salary at Papa John's is seven dollars and was it seven dollars and thirty cent, and that's for a four to six hour shift. Yeah, below below minimum wage. Yeah, so you know people, you know the people in North Carolina were saying that one of the managers in North Carolina was saying that drivers have gone, you know, and requested benefits. They can't get benefits, and he. As you know, at that point, he was the high up in the company. He refused to give them benefits Um, to the point where now the stock is, you know, falling. And I want to say it fell 19% in the past two, what is it, like the past two weeks, which to equate that in like dollars and cents, that's about $100 million. Mm. I I can see that happening. He ain't got a dollar out of me since Lord knows when since I found out about the whole ordeal. Yeah. As much as I love me a Wiz 50 every, every now and then, I haven't, you know, taken advantage of it during basketball season. Yeah. And I mean, I, I personally know somebody that worked at Papa John's who said, like, it was a letter was sent to him mm-hmm. basically saying, you will not get more hours because more hours will then put you at full time, which will basically, they have to give you benefits at full time. They must give and you we're not paying for full time. We're not paying for benefits. Yeah. But, and the thing is, I could see if this stemmed from, like, he might have had a tweet from, like, nine years ago. This stems from him getting in his own way about a conversation or a topic that had nothing to do with him. You know, the whole national anthem thing. He criticized the NFL for the way that they had gone about the protest, you know, with players kneeling. He had something to say about it. I'm like, bro, you got Peyton Manning literally bringing you in money. I mean, money over hand, you know, hand over hand. And you worried, just like Trump is, you worried about shit that, one, you can't control, two, you can't change, and three, you're getting paid from this circumstance. Mm -hmm. Why are you fucking this up for you? Not for everybody else. We can, you know, we can take our dollars and put them, in, you know, anywhere else. But you, on the other hand, you're like, you know what? I'm going to just go ahead and say what the fuck I want to say. And I'm going to say it, and you ain't going to do nothing. So what did people do? Stop ordering that nasty-ass pizza. Then he kept on going, lost his job. Saying it to say this, his net worth has sank 40%. So when he's, I think he's estimated at, I want to say, like $600 million, no longer. So it's only a matter of time before they get him the fuck out of here. 
Um, and I cannot wait. So, so basically, Tony just joined the group. So what's going on, Tony? I guess he hasn't mic'd up yet. So we'll just leave that. But um, on to the next article. Um, an airline that I've never actually used because why? Um, Alaska Airlines apologized, you know, apologized to a gay couple that was asked to move for a straight couple on a flight. Um, what? Yeah. So that's, that's, that's silly. That's silly. Yeah. Well, the the thing is, airlines are getting in trouble because not that they're flying the planes, not because the captain is saying anything. It's the fucking flight attendants. I don't know, like, if flight attendants feel as though, like, they have the ultimate say-so on the plane because we're between ten and 30,000 feet in the air. But a flight attendant asked a gay man to give up his seat next to his partner. Obviously, they probably didn't know this, but they asked so a straight couple could sit together. And then when, you know, the gay couple had declined, they said that, you know, they were asked to, you know, do all this stuff. I'm like, wait, why? If he tells you no, that should have just been it. Should have been yeah. into the story. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Been to it. Trust me, I do, I do that on planes. Like, if I'm sitting in my seat comfortably, and you're like, hey, like, if it's a kid, I get it. If it's, a, you know, some type of circumstance. But if a flight attendant says to me, because I'm sitting with Jess, or even with Sparky, and they're like, hey, can you sit here so this person can sit there? I'm like, why? They already got a seat. <laughs> One, they got a seat. And two, why do I have to move? I'm feeling singled out right there. Um, mm-hmm. So basically it says that, you know, I don't want to say it's the person's name, but he was told that the, he told the attendant that the two men were a couple and that he wanted to sit with his partner. But the attendant gave the person a choice, move for the other couple or to get off the plane. I, there, there and, and the reason like that is unnecessary that's unnecessary like for what and the reason they do that is because you know when you're on a plane the 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 flight crew has basically ultimate responsibility so they could kick they could kick you off if they you know if you refuse which is stupid <clears throat> Under what, situation under what grounds, though? Like, um, under FAA regulations. But um, and, and, and the and fact that I paid for my fucking seat and I don't want to move? Yeah. yeah. It's, there's a lot of arcane rules in, in aviation that it's like, what? But that's yeah. on the books. And, and that, that's cool and well that they have these policies. The airline says that it is not in line with their values or even their policies, and it did happen, which means that not only does the airline know this shit is, one, not negotiable, two, the fucking flight attendant knew this, and it decided to go about it anyway. Now, it's different if it was like, hey, a nine or ten-year-old is sitting in the, you know, the row with the wing, and it's like, hey, they can't sit there this like strict rules saying, "Hey, you have to be a certain age to sit here." Oh, in the exit row, yeah. Like when yeah. I, you can't be under fifteen in the exit row. Yeah, but you literally singled out a couple, or even if you didn't know they were a couple, now you singled out a person because one person wanted to sit next to the other person. You know what my reaction would have been if you wanted to sit with them that bad? You, you should have bought the seats at the same time. You should have bought your tickets together. Exactly. 
these are assigned seats. It's not like, you know, Southwest where it's a situation where you just first come, first serve, and you might, you know, you may or may not get free Wi-Fi. This is blatant discrimination. And you don't have to be black, white, or green to understand that. It's just so fucked up that an airline that I probably already didn't want to fly, now I won't fly because it's not acceptable. And I don't ever want to be caught in that situation where I know I have to somewhere and I'm being threatened to get kicked off the plane because I simply said no to something that one wasn't right, two didn't make any sense, and three, why the fuck are you singling me out because that person wants to sit here? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't want to go too far into it, but I will say that Alaska Airlines, you have, I appreciate the apology, but person got an, I want them to be put on blast. If Twitter don't find them and say, hey, this was this person and they're the one, this is the flight attendant, I want their job taken. I want them to be fucked with. Like, I don't want their lives threatened or something like that, but I want them to be put on blast so they know, hey, they can't be a flight attendant anymore. If you can't do the simple job as, I don't want to say simple because obviously I'm not a flight attendant, but if you can't do your job and do it to the best of your ability without being a bigot or racist or honestly just bad at your job quit that shit yeah mm-hmm. and that's just to me that's just how i feel about it um i don't know how y'all feel if y'all have anything else to say about it before we move on but yeah i'm done man it's like i said before like, there's no way that your job is to make me feel comfortable being that high in the air not uncomfortable Exactly. So if you can't handle that responsibility, which is, I know that's not just your primary focus, but it is one of your focus as a flight attendant. If you can't handle that responsibility and accept a simple no when you ask someone to move seats, then yep. there's got to be some type of consequences and, and repercussions. Yeah. Uh, it's just a, a whole shit show that hopefully none of us have to go through and hopefully no one else has to go through because I think we've seen almost every airline go through something and it's not the airline it's not the plane it's not the you know it's not even the seats it's either the people the employees it's the employees every article i've seen is the flight attendant told them to do this or there's some racist on the plane who you know yelling trump stuff and all that but we're not gonna go there because i said this is gonna be a trump free episode so let's just move on um washington oh boy so I was looking up an article on my phone and it says that DC and Virginia are among the top states with the most psychopaths. I could believe it. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> I saw probably, probably, dated, probably dated a couple of motherfuckers. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, God, that- <laughs> so it says the nation's capital, Washington, DC has more psychopaths than any other area in the country, according to a new study. Um, the first thing I think who's about, doing these studies? It, it got to be the psychopaths that are doing it because they have to know each other. So, these are psychopaths from other states trying to blame it on DC. I'm convinced. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So it says while the district was ranked number one in the study, Virginia was ranked number eleven in the study, which examined a cross section of the big five personality traits: extroversion, agreeableness, openness, and what is this? Nurse, Jesus Christ, there's too many levels of this shit. I couldn't even pronounce this word. That's how fucked up that was. So they went deep. It says the presence of psychopaths in the District of Columbia is consistent with the conjure uh, that psychopaths is likely to be effective in the political sphere, a.k.a. that's short for most of the psychopaths work for the goddamn government. 
I could have told you that. I could have. <laughs> so if, if anybody is listening to this and is trying to figure out, they know that number one is D.C. and they know that number 11 is Virginia. What's in the middle? Let me, you know what? I, I won't even say it. I want y'all to guess. Well, you know. I feel like that means that Maryland has a great deal. Like a no, 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 no. Maryland's not even there. I just. <laughs> all, all in 10. <laughs> so I, I, I want you to guess. <sighs> this is my thing. Just at least one state that is either between number one and number five. Oh no, one no, one in ten. Let's go one in ten. Just make it broad. California and New York. Got to be Cali- New York. Hey, California. We're not. We're not going to do that to New York. California. California. Yeah. I think Florida. Florida has to be. I mean, a lot of crazy shit happens in Florida. Texas. No, oh, definitely Texas. They have a chainsaw massacre. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I think I made that. I think I made that. I'm going to name the wow. <laughs> I'm going to name the top ten since we already know number uh, number eleven is Virginia. Tony, number twelve is actually Maryland, so we can just just count them. So they're safer than Virginia, which we all knew. Um, so number one is DC. Number two is Connecticut. Number three is California. Number four is the place we talk about every week that it's a disaster. Q, do you want to say the state? <laughs> go, go ahead, go ahead, Q. What's, what's number four? Florida. Nope, nope. New Jersey. Oh, that's oh, Jersey. Oh, shit. Probably doesn't smell like a porta potty. <laughs> so, number five is a tie between New York and Wyoming. Talk about weird. Well, that's because they move all the people that are a part of the witness protection program to Wyoming. So, that is- that's because all the cycles from New Jersey go to New York. Go to New York. Yeah. So number uh, so number seven because obviously number five is a tie so they just put like no six there. Number seven is Maine. Number eight is Wisconsin. Number nine is Nevada, and number ten is Illinois. If you're wondering where Florida is, number seventeen. I'll take Illinois because of Chicago. Chicago. I'll take Nevada because of Vegas. Yep, cycles in Maine for what? They can't get their lobster or something? What happens in Maine? Because they can't get their lobster in their clam chowder. Here's what fucked me up the most. It's not like privileged psychopaths. How the fuck is Florida number 17? They have the wildest crimes. Let me tell you something. That's what (laughs) they study, the people from Florida. Like, what the fuck? How are they 17? That's because Florida's laws don't allow them to be labeled as psychopaths. You know, when you got the stand your ground law and shit like that, I guess it balances out where you can't be considered a psychopath if you shoot somebody with no reason or regard because you were standing your ground. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're wondering, the states that I thought were racist or basically had all the horror movies or were based on a place where they just kill people, um, last place at number 49 was West Virginia. Um, Yo, good point. Yes. And then, let's see, Indiana was 41. Oregon was number 40. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, Missouri was 34 Georgia was 32 um, Louisiana is number 30 And you know we just spoke on them Michigan 26 Idaho 24 Utah 22 Iowa 18 Arizona 16 
And uh, surprisingly, there's a big gap between South Carolina and North Carolina. South Carolina is 38, and North Carolina is 46. Mm. I can believe North Carolina. It's not like it's not like psychopaths in North Carolina. North Carolina be chilling. Well, but Florida, yeah. Florida need be like number one. Florida should be number one through eight. <laughs> I think the list is Florida. All these people that probably moved to other states is from Florida. Exactly. So let, let me just change gears from you know all the crime and all the other dumb shit. So Justin and I decided we wanted to go and see Mission Impossible. You know, last weekend we're like, oh, you know, great. We got movie pass. Let's just go. We'll reserve the ticket. We'll go pick it up. We're gonna have great date night. And I just say that date never happened. Um, cause basically, um, movie pass, they ran out of money and they shut down on Thursday and Friday night, which as a result, I could not see mission impossible. I couldn't even order, you know, an extra movie like the equalizer too. Um, so then I get an email this morning saying that movie pass, even though I only pay them 10 bucks a month, just unlimited amounts of movies, they changed the contract for all their users, and now the price went from $9.99 to $14.99. So usually if a price thing goes up, it's because you'll know like three or four months in advance. Like when Netflix decides, hey, we got more Marvel movies, the price usually go up two bucks. I've pretty much seen that happen. But I've never never seen a company in the span of 48 hours scramble to say, you know what, we're just going to raise the price because we've run out of money. So I've been so conflicted on if I want to keep it or not, because I mean, still $15 a month, I can see as many movies as I want, even though I can only see them once. I can see basically 30 movies in 30 days and I'm completely fine. But movie pad, they pissed me off. I wanted to see Tom Cruise be the impossible white man that he is and couldn't. Um, so now I got to wait. Um, and now what MoviePass is now saying is they have surge pricing. So even if I want to go see like the event, you know, the Avengers movie or anything like that, I have to pay an additional fee for whatever I've paid already monthly just to see the newest releases. So if anybody is listening, including, you know, you guys, just I suggest not even dealing with MoviePass because it's not going to last long. I'm glad I didn't invest in that one. Yeah, I, I had to get that off my chest because, nigga, like, when, when you feel like your money is, you know, being saved and they fuck you over like that, you're like, you know what? It ain't nothing I can do. I'm, I'm going to stick it out until the wheels fall off, but movie pass, I, I would much rather be paying my $10 because I don't want to pay the five. I, I honestly just don't want to pay the five. Um I mean, we used to be avid moviegoers. Like, we used to go to the movies all the time, Greg. So, yeah. I'm definitely feeling you on this one. I looked at the movie pass when I first heard about it. I was like, yo, that is a excellent idea. I play one, I pay one flat rate, and I can go to the movie as much as I want to. Mm-hmm. You're not stopping me from seeing the movies when they come out. But then to hear this, mm-hmm. it kind of makes me sit back and be like, all right, maybe that's why I was a little apprehensive on, on dropping that $10 at first. <laughs> So mm-hmm. let, let me ask you, do you, um, cause I'm gonna let you guys choose this week, like where we pivot to, and then we can either bounce back or come forward. Um, do we want to stick with the whole subject of movies and the problematic things that have happened in the entertainment world? Or do we want to go positive before we go into the, the shit that is the news? 
I think the the fans would enjoy a little positivity for right now. That's just my vote. What y'all got? Yeah, we gotta go positive. never worn this man's shoes a day in my life and the podcast this episode is dedicated to none other than lebron james my my nigga i i i've been a michael jordan fan i've been holding this shit in for years bro when i say for years for fucking years like my hate for lebron actually is probably stemmed because i don't want to lose jordan as the goat but this shit this week I was like, you know what? I can actually give up Michael Jordan. He got his father killed. His sons ain't never played NBA ball professionally. And they didn't dunk at 12 like LeBron's son, period. So we, <laughs> we can keep it there. Um, so this week, LeBron, his school, which is you know called the I Promise School, not only was announced, but it is opened officially. And there's a couple things that I'm going to list before I let y'all you know go into it that honestly, I feel like, I want to move to Cleveland. Not even Cleveland. I want to move to Akron. I want to move straight into the heart of all the problems in Akron and just take my kids there. Q, you can come with me. So this is a cliff notes of all the stuff that you get at the I Promise School. Free tuition, free uniforms, free bicycle and helmet, free transportation within two miles, free breakfast, lunch, and snacks, a food pantry for the families, they have GED programs and job placement services for parents, and they have guaranteed tuition to the if you graduate. If yeah. you graduate. Mm-hmm. What the fuck am I doing wrong? Yo, yo. I'm like, when I heard, when the school, of course, are remarkable from the jump, but the, the, the perks that come with the school, I'm like, yo, this man is literally helping the black community. And here's the thing, and here's the thing. He did it with the public school system. Yes. Q, speak, speak on it, please. <laughs> he did it. I, I need to hear Q say this as a teacher, because this, oh, I know, please do it. He did it within the public school system. He went, He reached out to Akron Public Schools and said, I want to open a school. I don't want it to be a charter school. I don't want it, you know, whatever. I want this to be a public school. And that right there, with the, the current um, 
emphasis on on creating charter schools that does things like this, but to do it within the within the confines of the public school system says even more about says even more about what LeBron is trying to do, and that I, it's not about me. Mm-hmm. My name's on it. You know, I found I I. I put the seed money to found it. I put I have paid for all the stuff that's in the school. But it's not about me. It's about it's about the community. It's about giving back. It's about like I want to be known as a, as a difference maker and not just someone who bounced the ball bounced the ball up and down the court. <clears throat> so that right there just on it from a te- from a teacher's perspective and how I used to feel about charter schools and even still do now, even though I've taught in, in charter schools, that's remarkable in itself that he went and used the public schools as an ally and said, hey, I want to go, I want to work together with you to, to get this school up and running. When I put myself in LeBron James' shoes and I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, this man has to beat Golden State you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he has to beat Golden State. And off the court, he is like, I mean, you already know, you build better societies from schools first, from the educational system from schools. This man is literally like changing the dynamic of the Akron, like the kid, at least the, at least the kids in Akron. He can't do everything. You know what I mean? He did what he could with the power he had. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I have nothing. I have nothing negative to say about that man. From going on from this point, I don't. I don't care if it's basketball I'm related hoping, or anything. I'm never going to say hoping, anything negative about LeBron. I'm hoping that this this sets a trend. Yeah, exactly. We have more schools. I just I've been saying like the last year. The man, if I had the lottery, I would open up a school for like an, an Excel school. And the kids would learn like about four different languages that they have to all be proficient in all of them in order to graduate. And like some kind of like self defense art. Like, and I'm happy that, you know, if they talk about this Umar person and how he's supposed to open his school and it hasn't happened. So, yep. yeah, LeBron James has done this with, you know, to me, I've never heard of anything about this until recently. So, yep. I'm like, well, you know, you popped up and not only did you, is it a thing that was talked about, the thing actually exists. What I don't want us to do, though, also as black people, I don't want us to try to tear down Umar, you know what I mean, Mm. because LeBron did this, because Umar is not sitting on what LeBron's sitting on. We do know that. He don't have nowhere near to influence people to plug, get get the strings pulled and, you know, to do that or the money. So I will give him that. I don't want us to try to knock him down and say he's doing this, he's scamming, because he probably does mean well and wants to open a school. He probably's being, mm-hmm. he's probably being blackballed and just shut off from doing it. You know what I mean? LeBron well, by being LeBron. Everything is delivery, and it's about how you present something. Yeah. Um, because his, his, I don't think that the way he even went about talking about anything that he's talked about has been positive enough for people to even want to get involved, other than the fact that you want to build a school. Yeah. You know, like, Whereas LeBron, yeah, I understand as far as like money, but Umar Johnson is not some regular person on the street. Like if if he did it right, he has the influence and he over a great deal of people. He had he has the ability to have those networks and to foster those relationships in order to get that school started. But you know, if it happened, I think that would again be a great thing. Like you know, I think even the concept to want to do a school 
for black youth, you know, is a great thing. Like something for us, something by us for us, and that's going to help us do the same. It'll be a domino effect. You know, this person did it, help this person. That person reaps benefits of being helped, they go help the next person. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what we need to do. So I think that this is actually a very monumental, you know, I guess Oprah did the same, but not here. I guess she did in Africa, but this is a very monumental thing in history, and I don't think people are actually understand that. Yeah, it's very monumental. It's very monumental. I don't know if Tony noticed, but he definitely put a shout-out to FUBU in his little comment right there. Go ahead, Tony. Good job. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, at the beginning of the whole segment, um, I did do one of these. LeBron gets a clap from me, and that's coming from an avid Kobe fan, so you know most Kobe fans can't stand LeBron. And I'm also a Laker fan, for those of you all who know me. So LeBron coming to my team also wasn't the greatest thing for me. But LeBron, the person, just superseded any other athlete that I've known in my lifetime with this move right here. Superseded everyone. Jordan is a terrible fucking person. Still arguably the best basketball Ball player ever. Yep. But a terrible fucking person. Okay. Well, I, I, read on I think I think Jordan made a terrible person and made him the greatest basketball player ever. <laughs> I think that kind of contributed to it, honestly. So what, what LeBron did for his community, it it set the bar remarkably high for people like Kevin Durant. Nothing against KD. You're a generous donation to the public schools of Prince George's County was well accepted and we appreciate you for it. But this man said, okay, you want to donate to public schools. I'm going to make a public school in the hometown that I grew up in so that the next generation of kids don't have to go through what I went through in this area. And not even make the public school. He guaranteed college tuition for them. They graduate. Guaranteed it. Yep. Like, God, that is that is that that right there is 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 the kicker. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Parents will like save so much money because they don't have to pay for college tuition. Like that's crazy. Yeah, but he didn't he didn't stop there though, y'all. That's that's the thing. Like Greg said, he didn't even stop there. He went the extra mile because making sure that families who needed the assistance with food and things like that, there's a food bank that they can go to. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a parent. He was a parent. Um, a struggle that we may run into as parents is lunch money. Mm-hmm. Lunch money is not an option. You don't have to worry about it. They took care of that. He took care of that. Lunch is provided. Breakfast is provided. Snacks are provided. So that's another thing. So he's he's helping not only change the youth, he's helping the community in multiple facets. Yeah, he's multiple making sure he's, he, look, we, you're going to be financially, you're going to have everything you need. Yeah, <laughs> everything else is up to you. And I wonder, you know what I'm saying, like, like Baltimore City Schools, every, all the students' lunch is free. All the meals are free. It's free. And a lot of those schools, you know, they have the food pantry. They have different resources that I don't think when I was coming up to school that we had, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, if these if people like LeBron James are starting this school and maybe the school will be very successful with, like, academic achievement, um, college, you know, readiness. I'm wondering if this will help or make public schools in our areas or different areas like, oh, shit, well, we need to step our game up. 
you know, are they going to, you know, like how I want to have that effect on the school system. The I would school. hope it would be a domino effect. Well, well, you would hope that. Well, the services are already starting, and it, you know, the the big thing now is communities like is is community schools where, um, you know, the students, parents, the students their families can now access a wide range of different services all in one location. Like, okay, the kid comes to school, great, they get an education. If the parent needs, you know, GED classes or they want to get some extra training or, you know, to, to, you know, find a job or anything, those services are now, you know, schools are now recognizing that they're such a pillar in the communities. We need to... And especially where those services are not being offered in the in the surrounding community, they're now saying, "Okay, we need to make locate those services within the building so that we can serve much more than just giving a child an edu- just giving a child an education. We're serving the, we're serving their family. We're serving the community. We're, we're giving we're making resources available where they're not widely." accessible in a community so that that concept is already starting to already starting to spread i know that um i know here in dc um like when schools are being renovated and rebuilt they're taking those they're taking those those community resources and planning the school to have those resources in the in the building in the new building so that it it it's starting. It's yeah. starting. Hey Q, can I give you some homework for uh, for next segment or for next podcast? What while you're sober, will you remember this? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Can you find out the uh teacher salary for um I promise? Yes, I think the starting salary, sure. While Q looks that up for even Dr. Dr. Emar Johnson, get the job there. I would say that I would say that just 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 thinking off the top of my head, since it is a Akron public school, they probably um, are paying whatever they're whatever they're paying teachers at other schools in Akron. In Akron Public Schools, those teachers are probably are getting the same because they're all they're all Akron. They're all they're all APS employees, so I'm, I'm probably the same thing. But it may be it may get a little bit more. Who knows what LeBron negotiated when when he was uh, establishing the school with Akron? Um, so I'm, but I will I'll find that out. Appreciate it. And maybe Umar could even you know like. Work with the you know what I'm saying? Maybe to get his thing started. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it may be that he really doesn't even know the steps that he needs to take in order to do that. I don't. I don't want to be the the bearer of bad news um, about Umar Johnson. But one, that school's not going to happen. Hold on, one, somebody's either chewing in the mic or my fault. So, nigga, be hungry. My bad. <laughs> I'm gonna have to be mute and see that. See, you've noticed the difference when he's muted on here. So, CJ, unmute yourself when you're ready. But with Umar, it's kind of like I've read articles about him. I've 
listened to him on, you know, what is it? Not, he was on Brilliant Idiots. He was on The Breakfast Club. He's telling everybody about the school and nothing's come from it. Um, everybody calls him the ultimate hotep, you know, hotep or whatever. But Umar Johnson ain't put up nothing. He's actually begging for money to put up the school. He's not doing like LeBron. And regardless if you have the money or not, Umar hasn't gone and said what his plan is for the school. He's telling people what he wants from it, but not what he's actually going to bring forth to the table. And more importantly with him, he's not a doctor. So that's why I noticed, you know, we all keep calling him Umar Johnson because we all know he ain't no doctor. Um, but I won't harp I on I think him. that what happened was that it was proven that he, I think he does hold a doctor's degree from somewhere, but his name is not Umar Johnson. See? Mm-hmm. Sound, sound a lot like Mr. Cosby there. Where we there, just... was this whole, there was this whole thing about him, you know, people like, you know, like my angel. Well, hold on. What's that? Hold on, hold on. What's that nigga name? If his name ain't Umar Johnson? It's not Umar Johnson. It's something else. Because it came out not too long ago about him. They were like, he doesn't have a degree. And they were like calling the school that he... Um, this this nigga a rapper. <laughs> I could be mistaken, but I remember this not being his name. I don't. I don't. Well, know. The, the place where he's supposed where he supposedly got his his doctorate from is is the is PCOM, the Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine. Um, and yeah, you're right. On those documents, he's listed by by another. He's listed on those documents as another. You know, having another name. I can't remember what it what it is. Umar Ufantande Johnson or Jermaine oh, what is this? Jermaine Shoemaker. I had to Google that now. That may be wrong. All I know is I don't care because what like do we care actually? Um all I know is him and the dude who does the hidden colors, uh he has a podcast too. Um what is his name? Uh, he has like a R and B group. I know I know you're talking about. I know you're talking about I forgot his name too. God, oh my God! He's always talking about uh, ch- uh, butter biscuits and all that. God, he's, funny. he's funny as shit, bro. Um, let me see, butter biscuits. Uh, God, I can't remember his fucking name. Uh, butter biscuit. If I can type in butter biscuits hoteps and his name comes up, I'm going to laugh. Um, he, he got a Breakfast Club interview too, I believe. Oh my God! Um, and he was on Vlad TV. Yeah, uh, God. Let me see. Just Umar Johnson beef. Let me. Yeah, I gotta find this. But y'all, y'all keep talking about this LeBron thing while I look this up because, God. Let me see. Tariq. Yeah, though. There we go, Tariq. Yep. Uh, you know what? We we gonna play this because hopefully, yeah. What the? Yeah, I got. I have to. Y'all, if I have to look at this, y'all have to. Uh, music video. I cannot believe that. All right, here we go. So I'm gonna share my screen so y'all can see this shit. Hold on, cause. <laughs> Ooh, and hotels be hotels, nigga. Mm-mm-mm. Bring the beat back. Oh, you you heard it too, right? That was fire. That was straight fire. Let let me go ahead share the computer sound and everything. It's good. Let please let me know if y'all can hear this sound. Uh, 
Oh boy, oh boy, I cannot believe this. Hotep's like that. Um, can, are y'all able to see? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hold, hold on, but before we even get into this video, can I just say this song is actually a fucking bop? <laughs> the nigga look like Safari. <laughs> I'm actually jamming off this. This is dope. Are you? I is am. It? I am. Just because, like, yeah. I know this shit is whack and I know he a hotel, but this, this got some groove to it, bro. This is reminds me like. This is like one, what is this, uh, W-H-U-R, Steve Harvey, like on a boat and shit. Like, this is that. <laughs> this is Tariq Nasheed, uh, the dude that's beefing with Umar Johnson. I got you got to finish this. <laughs> okay, we're not going to sit here and act like nobody saw a designer in the background, Dan. I definitely oh. saw a designer. <laughs> Shout out to the very uh, beautiful, natural-haired woman in the video. I need to find that coat. I can only do so much. Can I just say okay. Okay. that it has low-key always been a dream of mine to own some kind of mink or fur coat like this? The group's name is called Mink Slide. <laughs> no, 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 guys. Y'all are still missing it. The bitch had on tiger stripes. Go back. Yeah, oh, yeah. Do, do we need to keep going? Yeah. She had on a goddamn tiger stripe jumpsuit or onesie. I don't know what the fuck it was, but it was tiger stripes. Let, let, let's keep going because this gets better.
All right, okay. Now, this fucking video is four minutes long, and I mean, I, I love a good joke like anybody else, but that was almost... Actually, no, that was actually worse than listening to the R. Kelly shit last week. It wasn't. <laughs> no, that it was bad. Wasn't. R. Kelly was bad, but just seeing this man dancing, listening to... Now, the song is a bop. We are not going to change that fact. Like, if I didn't see the video and I heard that come on at, like, a 30 and over club card club or something like that, I'm bopping. <laughs> Do I'm you bopping. claim those places? I don't, I don't claim like, those places. Honestly, the next time I go to the bar and there's, like, a DJ, I'm like, hey, yo, put on that mink slide. And I'm everybody like, gonna look at you like, what? Yeah, they're gonna kick you out, or everyone's gonna leave. <laughs> no, but listen, this is what's gonna happen. All the hotel niggas that are at the bar are gonna be like, "Yo, that is the jam." And then all the females gonna be like, "Oh yeah, look at that, I like that." And then I'm gonna get on the mic and I'm like, "You know that's Tariq Nasheed." And they gonna be like, "Oh, that fuck." Listen, that's the kind of stuff you go to a bar and listen to when you like 48, 49. All, all I'm going to say is I'm 31 and that shit was a bop. If I, I knew the people I, get old when they turn 30. I knew it. I, I'm going to just let you know somebody this week is going to be in their car and they're going to hear that song and they're going to think of this podcast and y'all going to be it's time. I'm t- just, I'm, you know the word? Yeah. All he said was it's time for like literally two minutes. So... <laughs> That's it. He said he wanted to get on the floor and grind, and then he walked up to the Tiger Stripe girl, and then he said, I want to get on the floor and grind. It's time. He felt like a lot of us do. That's all we want to do when we go out. We want to Hey, so. Greg, I think we good on all that shit. Since y'all do not like my bop, I'm going to go ahead and just switch the topic. So, um, in more serious news... Um, Someone who I actually feel like she kind of talks a little bit too much about personal stuff about other people. I'm appreciative of the fact that she came out about this. This was, I think, yesterday when it came out. Uh, Tiffany Haddish actually opened up about being raped by a police officer at 17. Um, and, you know, it takes a lot for women to actually come out about these things. I talked to a coworker and it kind of like confused me today because he's like, well, she was 17 when it happened. Why didn't she come out? Then I'm like, bro, like, that's not how that works. <laughs> you can't go and be like, oh, we should have came out then because now it doesn't matter. Like, one, she has a platform. Two, like, it doesn't matter. She could have said the shit when she was 80, and it still counts. Um, well, there's no guarantee that she didn't say that. You know what I'm saying? She Tiffany had us now, but who was she at 17? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Um, she could have so- very easily thought of point, and now she's just not starting to talk about it. Yeah. So she said, so she says, you know, the night of her high school dance, you know, a guy offered her a ride home and then he ended up, instead of taking her to her house, he took her to his house. And, you know, she gets there and she sees handcuffs in a police uniform. And she's like, what's that? Is that a Halloween costume or something? And he says, no, I'm a cadet. I'm training to be in the police force. I want to end up to be a police officer. Next thing you know, he got one of her arms in a handcuff and then he pinned her down. And obviously, I'm not going to go into even more details about it. But that's fucked up, bro. Like, that's very fucked up. Um. It's it's just one more story that we're going to hear about women being mistreated and the fact that this Me Too thing is not a fucking joke. Like, it's not just, you know, women, it's men too, but at what point people want to take that shit more serious? Um, It sucks that, like, we haven't heard 
a lot more from, you know, the black female celebrities. You, I mean, we've heard from like Terry Crews as a male celebrity, but usually stories like these get a whole lot more light when it comes from like the Scarlett Johansson's of the world or, you know, the Angelina, you know, the white actresses, when they come out with it, it's like all hands on deck. We need to get this person the fuck out of here. We need to do background checks. And, you know, we know everything about this person, but basically USA Today like glossed over it. They were like, oh, well, Tiffany Haddish was raped when she was 17. It was by a police cadet, no name. And we're moving on. Um, so I personally but felt- But you know what, how much, this is what I always tell people, you know, and I agree that we need to start talking more about these things in our community. Because there's so much shit that we just brush under the rug because that's our history. We're used to it as American blacks. We're used to brushing it under the, under the rug, being strong in our heads, and then keep moving on, right? Yep. But that's our history. Like, people, they, they treat us like shit. Like, that's our history. People are not going to care. They, they rape our women, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the history of American blacks. They don't care. And now when you have white women, oh, this is out of the norm. Oh, my God, this happened. Well, now we got to talk about it. You know, like, that's their history. They, these things supposedly have, you know, when they happen to them, it's a big deal. And I'm just one of those people that we need to take care of our own. So we need to start rebuilding our own. Like, if we, if we think issues are serious, then we need to talk about them. Like, we don't need white people to take it seriously. We don't need the Scarlett Johansson to take it seriously. They want to, that's cool. They want to talk about it, that's fine. We need to take it seriously. Exactly. Good boy. Anybody else got any thoughts about that before we move on to that's my whole That's my whole tip, tip for the day. Y'all can head out. <laughs> no, we definitely need to take it more seriously, and we don't. Yes. Yeah. I'm the father of a daughter, so y'all know how I feel about this whole thing. Mm-hmm. So... Hey. And as the father of two, it's double. Like, you know, moving on. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, somebody who, well, actually, I can't even say somebody because it's two people who really won't ever go away, but it seems like they stay in the news and it's never about anything that actually fucking matters. It's just them. You're like, ugh, like she's back in the news again. The other one's back in the news again. So, Monique this week, she spoke up about Roseanne being her sister. Um, Now, I knew what this was. I knew the gag. Um, Basically, if you cape for Monique, you literally going to cape for you. And that's just how she works. I'm going to play the interview, and then I want y'all opinions, because I don't really have anything more for Monique. She's canceled. and But just, just listen to this article. Should we wait for the break or should we share? No, we'll share right now. You know, um, Roseanne Barr is my sister in common. And she's my universal sister. And what I won't do, Sam, is throw her away for making a mistake. We've all said and done things, baby, that we wish we could take back and swallow and say, oh, but when you're in the public eye, you can't. And it's out there. But to put the title of racist on her, I can only share my experience with Roseanne. I remember when I had the Monique show, and there were big, major black superstar talent that had white accents, and they told their talent, that show is too black, and we really don't want you to go on there. But there was a white woman named Roseanne Barr that showed up for me when people that looked like me, now that, I, 
I want to thank all the talent that came on the Monique show because there were some beautiful people that sat on that couch. But I remember when we were going after the big names and it was, oh, we got to get back to you. And y'all know who you saw and who you didn't see on that show. But that woman, when we called, it wasn't a question. And she came and she sat on that sofa and they didn't hear the conversation when the cameras wasn't rolling. And that woman was giving me some beautiful words. And she said, Monique, I'm gonna tell you right now, baby, they're gonna consider you difficult. They're gonna call you the B word because you're a woman who won't lay down and take that foolishness. So before I even completely play the rest of this, can I just say, if everybody has said that Monique is black and she's difficult, and the fact that we know that it's true, don't you think Roseanne is thinking the same fucking thing? Like, okay, so I'm not tripping. So Roseanne probably is like, well, this bitch is difficult. This black bitch is difficult. Uh, but if you're on Monique's show and she's giving you a platform, you're like, you know what? I, I'm going to be good right now. But when I get behind closed doors, when I get somewhere that's not around Monique, I'm going to talk about her like a goddamn dog. So the fact, let, let's just keep going. Jeez. What I would ask is, yes, my sister made a mistake. And she said something that I know she wish she could take back. But what I would say is that we don't throw her away. The consequence is what the consequence is. But I know what it is, Sam, to be thrown away based off of a lie. I know that feeling to have to fight for something when you're only fighting for equality. You're fighting for what's right and what's fair. So when I see my sister, who said something out of order, out of line. Mm -hmm. She did. We cannot dress it up. But when I see my sister saying, I made a mistake. So all I would say is to Roseanne, baby, if you are in California right now, you have tickets to the show at the Brea Improv. Because what I want to do, when someone says they're sorry, and we keep teaching all of this Christianity and all of this forgiveness, but when we write in it, when we write in it, we seem to forget about that, and we seem to walk away from it. So for Roseanne Barr, for Monique, I want to say to my sister, I love you. I know you made a mistake. I know you messed up, but I still won't throw you away. Okay, Monique, God, this this gonna hurt to say. Mm-hmm. I've seen photos of Roseanne with the Jew cookies. I've seen the tweets from Roseanne that were racist. I have heard Roseanne be racist. I've seen Roseanne be fired. I've seen Roseanne show that was blatantly racist. More importantly, she didn't invite Monique to not one of them fucking episodes of that show. Secondly, Monique really just... I think that Monique needs to sit down. And I, this, I don't mean this to, like, shut up, but I do mean to shut up. I think that, you know, you're, you're talking about this equality thing, and people fail to realize if you're not relevant anymore, you're almost starting over. Like, if the world, if you're, you're almost, you're starting over. Like, the world is not demanding, you know, Monique, you know. And for Roseanne, I used to watch our show growing up. I was excited when the new one came out. But when you say things, that's how you feel. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't, you just got caught, and it affected you in a financial way. Your show gets canceled. Your PR person is going to tell you you need to issue a statement of apology. That doesn't mean that you mean that shit. If that, and I, we, we talked about this before, I think, on about two podcasts ago, like, stick with your convictions, Roseanne. If you didn't, if you don't mean your apology, don't say it. That's how you felt. Say it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and Monique, 
stop coming to the rescue of everybody else except yourself. They are going to put Roseanne on something else. More important, can I just say this? Um, without being disrespectful, but actually a little bit of disrespect is going to come out of this, and you can take it how you want. Netflix is not going to pay her $10 million for her color commentary about Roseanne. She's a comedian. Am I right or am I wrong? No, <laughs> no you're right. All this tap dancing around for people who, one, ain't going to do a damn thing for you. Two, didn't give you a platform when you wanted it. She noticed Roseanne didn't say a goddamn thing about Monique when all this shit was going on. But you came in for because you're like, hey, I'm going to make She's like Tyrese. Like, I'm going to make myself relevant off of other people's shit. Notice she went out of her way to mention her comedy show. She was like, you can get tickets to come to this show in this place at this time. And this. And I'm like, so you know what you're doing, Monique. You are like, I'm going to use the platform, but no, you you doing it just all wrong. Man. You know, I never knew where this whole thing about my even stemmed from, but I guess it came from the pressure speaker. And I just recently was watching, you know, in the gym, and the view, was, you know, I was watching YouTube clips, and the, the view popped up. And I said, well, what is this about? So she's talking about, like, they wanted her to work for free. And I'm like, well, I never understood what she meant by that. So apparently they wanted her, when she did pressure, and this is why I tell people, pick your battles and mind your tongue. Because she, she said, like, she's going on Oprah and Tyler Perry. You're never going to work again. You're, you are never You're going to work again. Finish. You're never going to work again. But aside from that, she was talking about they wanted her to go work for free and promote this movie. And Whoopi Goldberg is like, she said, that wasn't my contract. Whoopi Goldberg is like, that is part of your duty is to go and promote the movie. And she's like, I, this is what happens when you don't go up to the room. No, no, you can't use that phrase. If I was in a movie, I'd be promoting the shit out of that movie. Hell yeah. Like, nigga, y'all niggas need to go see my new movie, yo. I go see it. Like, why would you not want to do that and then say something like, it's not in your contract? To me, that's a personal, a personal contract. Go promote your movie. And I get it, you want to get paid for that. But maybe you don't. And like, maybe it's like, you don't get paid for this, but you do something. Tyler Perry puts you in something later in the future. Because Tyler Perry reuses the same actors and actresses hmm? all the fucking time. Well, so I'm like, you know, you, you shooting yourself in the foot because you're taking a stand at the wrong time. And to me, like, this whole thing about her not getting paid as much as Amy Schumer and so-and-so on Netflix, well, Amy Schumer is in a lot of stuff. And I'm sorry, but we just don't see you in anything. Like, people are trying to, to me, they're doing more of a favor because they're trying to put you with something. And, say, and then to me, I think it's selfish, maybe because I don't make the kind of money. But if somebody pay me a million dollars a year, and me and Greg in the same movie, and they pay him twelve million dollars a year. I'm mm-hmm. not complaining because I'm still getting paid a million fucking dollars a year. That's all I'm saying, Tony. Like I thought the whole Netflix thing that she was doing, I I was like, you're complaining about what? I ain't heard nothing from you since Precious, and you weren't even the best actress in that show, in that movie, and yet they offered you money to do a Netflix series and you're complaining because you didn't get offered the same amount as Mary Sh- Amy Schumer, who is 
hot right now. I'm sorry. She she's riding her wave. But that just that just goes to show she realized that she fucked up by even bringing a white woman up and that ruined her with the white community. So what she did was she was like, well, I said this about Amy Schumer and it didn't work. So I didn't get the black people on my side. Let me see if Roseanne, you know, she still has a following. Let me just ride with her right now. And then, you know, I bring the communities together. One, you can't bring that community together. I'm sorry. Secondly, how many lives has she, you know, resourced from every movie? At one point, remember, she was in Soul Plane. And before that, she was in Three Strikes. And then she was in Two Can Play That Game. I think the last thing she did was, what, Bessie? And the only reason I remember that is because that's the only claim to fame she's had in the last four to five years. And yeah, and I'm like, but you're not, you, and the things that you're in aren't known. The most known thing that Monique has been in was the Parker. And... Yeah. Nobody from the Parkers is even relevant anymore. Like, you know, they have their characters from there, but you're not in anything big anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, and to me, if you think the Netflix is underballing you, is lowballing you, do the Netflix show and then work your resume up, like build your stuff up and then go to something else. Yeah, if you are a comedian and your job, I don't even say your job, if what you want to be paid for is your work and your body of work, give them a body of work. What you shouldn't be doing is going on news stations, being mm-hmm. more problematic, instead of just doing what you said you wanted to get paid for. You want and to. Who, and who is to say that that was a permanent pay? Like yep. Maybe you get paid this amount for the first couple episodes, and then you get paid more. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, don't, I guess to me, I'm just not understanding the whole thing. And I do think that at this point, you're, you're on all these different news things, just talking shit. You're, you're being, you're, you are being problematic. Because now you're talking against Tyler Perry and Oprah, and again, and I can't stress this enough, Monique, you're never going to work again. I don't know. Uh, against Oprah? Are you kidding me? I, I just feel like Monique is, she, she feel like she's Bobby Brown and she's Ronnie DeVoe. Like, she ain't even Ronnie DeVoe. She, she can't, no, fuck that. She, she is Ronnie DeVoe. She's not even Ricky Bell. She is literally Ronnie DeVoe. And... She got paid for the new edition movie, but she mad because she ain't getting paid for the Bobby Brown. And Monique needs to understand, like, sweetie, like, well, how, how she put it? Precious, sweetheart, baby, sugar cakes, all that dumb shit. Monique, <laughs> just, just give us the comedy. Give us the shit that honestly made us fall for you in Queens of Comedy. The stuff like, what is it, Fat Girls and all that. Even Welcome Home Rocco, uh, Roscoe Jenkins, she was good in that. Don't go. I personally have never thought that Monique was that funny. And that's the thing. She's not- she, she gives me a few. She gives me a few chuckles, and maybe that's just my personality. But like, I've never thought that she was that funny. But like, you're not the only person. Everybody feels cramping my stomach and laughing watching a Monique no. movie. So I would agree. Well, that's the thing. She did a whole like segment on, and it was on Netflix. That comedy show she did in the all women's prison. That was I saw that and I liked that. That was funny. Um, I'm not going to say it was like uh, Kevin Hart where I'm literally like holding my No, it, was, it definitely wasn't. But what I will say is if you're a comedian, hone your craft. If you have material, have material. I think her issue was they told her you can't go and take the material you put in a Netflix special and then go on tour with that same material. Kevin Hart don't do that shit. What he does, he goes on tour and then he makes a movie from the tour after the fact and then he gets money. Monique was thinking. Here's the thing. Here's this. Has Netflix even talked about this? Netflix said they weren't panner, and I don't blame them. Why I don't, don't blame them either. That's like this me. Just, this reminds me of 
Chris and Michelle, this reminds me of when you're yep. trying to take a stand that no one has asked you to take that was unnecessary instead of just doing your job. Bingo. <clears throat> either, either way, let, let's just let, let's skip that. And, and positive news, um, Octavia Spencer is going to play Madam C.J. Walker in a Netflix series. So at least somebody's going to get the bag from Netflix. So that's the same. I think Octavia Spencer is on the freaking come up, man. I'm like, telling you. Ever since the help, I think that everything has just been really rolling in her favor. Mm-hmm. I have loved everything that I've seen her in um, since the help. I don't know if I saw her anything before that, um, but I think that I think she's doing a great job, and I really applaud that because we don't see or hear too much about Madison Walker. We know she got the hair stuff and everything, mm-hmm. but you know she's not one of those Rosa Parks, uh, Marlon King, Malcolm X kind of people that we hear till we are like blue in the face. Like I'm so excited to see what comes out of this because. Madam C.J. Walker was a fucking thug, and people don't understand this. Like, she was, she had a gang of women. Like, she was, like, the shit. And we don't hear that story enough, and I, I'm just excited to see what comes out of this. I just like it. That All that, all positive things are good. Um, we've had enough bad, but I'm going to say this. Um, LeBron is actually producing that series, which even furthers the fact that Michael Jordan is the fuck out of here. <laughs> Jordan's the fuck out of here, bro. This man... But this is the thing. Really this is the thing. This is the thing. Like, on the court, we know what it is. Yep. Off the court, we know what it is. Mm-hmm. So, I just feel like we got to kind of... LeBron has... Is that he, he's he, the two now? He, LeBron has solidified and separated himself from icon off the court than Michael. Yep. All and Michael did also, was give us expensive... Right. Uh-huh. I said, well, he, you're not going to be a basketball player forever. Nope. That's right. true. Right. So you, and you all, Jordan, to... all Jordan does is make expensive shoes and niggas kill each other over. Yep. Right. Yep. Bingo. Well, and I think that it's great. You know, I think it's great when people like you know that at some point you need to start if you want to do something else, whether it's philanthropy or some other uh, side business that side venture that's going to bring you, keep you re- not necessarily relevant because you don't have a selfishness, but to continue to make your mark on the world in a positive way. I think that this whole LeBron thing is amazing. I think that um, there are singers who, you know, your gener- your time as a singer has ended, but you're doing other things. So you're either getting to acting or you're you're you know doing more. Um, civic work, you know, and I, I think that's great. I think that I applaud that. I applaud anybody that has it in them. Maybe Michael, John- Michael Johnson, maybe Michael Jordan doesn't want to do that, and that's okay. Like, um, I do have a personal issue with the cost of shoes um, that people rob and kill each other. Oh, and there are people killing our people over shoes made by our people, you know. <laughs> um, if that was me, I wouldn't, I don't think I would make the shoes anymore, or I would make them affordable. It's still solid. But here's the thing: when, when, like, with Jordan, when has, when has he made an original shoe? Like everything that comes out now is, is a, is a, like, reintroduction. Yeah. It's a retro. Yeah. When has he had? When has he had anything original? Like, but that's, but that's the, that's the kind of the, the, uh, the significance of it. It's like his era when he played, the shoes that came out were so different from every other basketball shoe. 
that it was like, okay, you got to get the joy. Even Penny was the this is rival as far as the shoe game. That was it. When came to basketball shoes, Penny Hardaway's, you know, foams and all that. Penny is so, the closest rival as far as shoes go. Yeah, yeah. Penny's the closest. <laughs> and foams cost more than Jordan. Yeah, phones was like what two two thirty? <laughs> yeah, two fifty. Money. So I'm I'm gonna tell you what I had to research because I mean I've worn Jordans recently um, because I just have shoes that I've had forever and I refuse to buy new Jordans. So I did ask that question to CJ. I was like, you know, I mean, uh, Q, when was the last time that Jordan actually made a shoe? And coincidentally, it was. Right before him and his first wife, Juanita Jordan, got divorced. I'm not sure if you guys know, but she got a large stake in the estate. She did. Go, Juanita, go. Yeah, so (laughs) instead of him coming out with new apparel and everything, he's just like, you know what? One, I'm retired. Two, if they're going to keep buying these retro shoes, I'm going to just keep retro and shit. So what he, I think she just recently, a couple years ago, she bought like a $4 million home and it was all Jordan's money. She still is making money off of Jordan's old stuff. I think she gets like either 20 or 30% of whatever Jordan makes out of that. So if he drops dead tomorrow okay. and Jordan's are still selling, she's making money off that. Um, more importantly, Jordan has spoken out and said that Hey, uh, she deserves it. I'm like, okay, hey, if she deserves it, great. Um, as long as we don't have to deal with her pulling a Shawnee O'Neal and, you know, coming up with a reality show, I think she deserves all the money that Jordan is going to give her. She's been quiet about it. She ain't put him out there. So, hey, Jordan, keep making all them retro shoes if you want to. I'm not buying them. So, do your thing. I can honestly say that my feet have never walked in a Jordan. Trust me. And I don't think in this life they ever will. They cost much money. I'm not spending that much money on shoes. I'm a sneakerhead guy, so I'm too hard on shoes. Oh yeah, I be I be Jordan doubt. I can't fake. Like (laughs) (laughs) I have bought a pair of Jordans recently. Actually, I haven't bought a pair of Jordans in at least two years. I think the last pair of J's that I bought were the black and silver fives. That may have been about it. Um, but yeah, that was just a, that was just me being an adult and growing up and realizing you've spent a half a year's salary on shoes. Wow. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense. you back up know you're scared to love again every time you try part of you just dies you looking dumb again it's so hard to trust again so just like that you don't uh you gonna just get drunk again roll up and fucking smoke uh that one used to beat on you that one used to cheat on you only one that cared you ain't believing so he's leaving you ain't no family around you ain't no friends that you can trust ain't no love within yourself but ain't no way i'm giving up come on
I swoop in and do my thing against my better judgment. I could tell you've been through hell, you need some better loving. I see moving on is hard. I see nooses around your heart. I see bruises, I see scars. I see proof to want to start over. But you can't see past the pain. I swear your past got you enslaved, girl. You can't see past the chains. I try showing you and telling you. Let's move on to, I guess, more little pressing stories. So. This week on Power, we got a surprise in Kendrick Lamar. Um, he basically said this, you know, on the show, which I thought was an important part. You have any friends, do you? You said medication can help to treat symptoms of depression. Side effects may include stiffness, dizziness, nut burns, and ignorance. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so I don't know if y'all heard that, but. He's basically on the most recent episode of Power. Did anybody watch it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he was a good, you know, change in pace with the show because I was starting to get real bored with it. It's because to the, it's the, the, re, the, reason, the reason the show is starting to get boring because somebody has to die. Like, like somebody, he's trying to preserve everybody's character, but everybody in situations to where somebody got to go. Like, I don't know if it's going to be Dre, Angela, shit, even, you know, I hate to say it, but even a, a, a fucking Proctor or Tommy, somebody has to die. Like, all these characters are still alive, and it's like, and realistically, the way, like, this is, this is the thing that, this is the thing that bothers me about it. It's like they're trying to, it's like it's noticeably stalling to build Dre's character because it's like, you, you survive Milan, you beat Milan, you beat Lobos. Little bitch-ass Dre, you can't kill him? Like, really? Thank you. <laughs> like seriously, this is Dre. Now I, I do agree, though. I think the the Kendrick character coming into the show that does bring you know a different aspect to it. It does get everybody's mind off of the anticipation of who's going to die. I appreciated the the producer and director for that part of it. But let's get back to the real situation here. Somebody needs to die. Somebody got to go. <laughs> Like Somebody's and then it's like, and then I just want to stop seeing Angie's people. That's it. And it's crazy because Kendrick's ten minutes of acting on his little different skits he had is better than Lala's or, or, or Lala's whole shit. Mm-hmm. Like he's a way better actor in that little bit of time than Lala's whole thing. <laughs> So we got any early predictions for Saturday's episode of Power of what may happen? I feel like um I feel like um I feel like this thing, Tommy's gonna put that tracker. Oh, am I spoiling it for anybody? Am I spoiling? What'd you say? Don't you know how Angie Tommy got the tracker from Angie? Yep. Mm-hmm. He's gonna put that on his father's car. Yeah. That's what I feel like he's going to do, so he can get, see get get to the bottom way what he what he doing. Because if you if you notice, Tommy don't let nobody know what he's thinking until he says the shit. He's like, "Oh shit, Tommy was here the whole time." Mm-hmm. Like Tommy just knows what the fuck's going on. It just doesn't, it just plays dumb the whole fucking time. Well, I mean, look at how he treated Tariq, though. He he knew everything that Tariq had done. But my thing is, if you knew all this shit, why didn't you go to ghost then? Like he knew that he had overheard everything at the church, you know, for Raina's funeral. If you knew this shit, why'd you hold on to it? Um, 
I feel like Tommy, he holds on to stuff until it's too late. And then he gives off just as many consequences as, you know, Ghost and Tasha. So, But he knew he'd rather go to Tariq about it than Ghost because, you know, Ghost being it, Ghost not even in his right mind. He just know he can't talk to Ghost about shit right now. So he's like, I'm going to go talk to Tariq. And he do have, and Tariq is considered his nephew. Like, he loved Tariq. So he just gave, his, gave him a straight game. Like, I know you did that shit. You almost got me killed because of that bullshit. Exactly. Like, don't do that shit no more and let me know and drive home, nigga. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he let him know, you want to be a gangster? This is what comes with it. Like, I'm getting, you ain't going to be no cardinally, you know, more. Ain't going to be no Uncle Tommy Cardinally. If you want to do gangsters, you want to be big boys, be gangster. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to holler at you about that. So, that's how I feel it was necessary for, it was definitely necessary for that to happen. It definitely was necessary for that to happen. Definitely necessary. And Tariq got himself out of the equation of one of the people that needed to die. So, And honestly, honestly, I don't hate Tariq as much as I used to. Nope. Because when you think about it, there are some shitty parents. Yep. Sasha and goats are some shitty parents, yeah. The thing is, I don't even want to shitty parent because he ain't even a parent he ain't been there for a while so you should already know these things tasha ain't been shit she been fucking the help she been going and making like God, how, how did tone say in the group like for a while now for five fucking seasons don't been saying the same shit i've been trying to get out the game and go legit tasha be like you know what nah I can't do it. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna fuck your homeboy. I'm gonna fuck the dude that's driving you everywhere. She probably gonna fuck Kanan. I already told you. I still think that's mm-hmm. daddy. Um, she she fucking Silver. You fucking the lawyer, dog. What is going on? Like, why are you fucking everybody in the mix? Go fuck somebody who has nothing to do with this shit. And, and and the thing is, like, when women who watch the show, they're like, well, he slept with Angie. Great, he slept with. Angie, she got him locked up. I get that, you know, and she's Angie. She got them weird old, like, orangutan titties. I'm cool with it. However, Tasha done fucked everybody. She fucked people everybody. that even, I'm sure they're not even on the show or they dead or something. You'd be like, did she fuck them? Like, nobody. And honestly, I'm not trying to, I'm going to try to say the non sexist way as possible, but Ghost fucking Angie was to, his, to the benefit of all of them because at the end of the day, she's going to have some kind of compassion for this nigga, yeah? And it's the thing. If he didn't fuck Angie, do you know a lot of shit would have been... If he didn't fuck Angie, Angie wouldn't even be talking to Tasha about hiding a gun. She wouldn't be giving Tasha this information. Not at all. And, right. and then, more importantly, and th- this is going to sound really fucked up, but I've been saying this privately for a long time. It, it has to happen. They had three fucking kids, bro. Three. They had three. They had Tyreek, little bitch ass. They had... Raina, rest in peace. And then they got the little, the little kid from like, who was that? Like, the, hey, I don't know. Do we know her name? I don't even think she needs a name. She's just a kid that go upstairs. She's she's go upstairs. She's Judy. We are gonna call her she's Judy. Judy. Yeah, that's Judy. Because <laughs> I, I be sitting there sometimes. I see her every third episode, and I be forgetting that Ghost has a daughter. So when they be like, "Well, Ghost's daughter died," I'm like, "Well, I guess he ain't got another one." Oh, I lied because she's still on the show. She got, oh boy. But then what fucked me up about this most recent episode is the fact that Tasha could not even get the name on the cake right. That, I mean, how do you think that made Tariq feel? Bro, you're trying to tell me yeah. on my birthday, I get it, I got her killed, but you put her name, that's worse. 
<laughs> yeah, you put her name on the cake. You put her name on the cake. My father drunk as shit coming home, forgot my whole fucking birthday. Fuck both of y'all right now. Exactly. Fuck all y'all. <laughs> like, like, you know what I'm saying? And the thing is, I'm, I'm not even team Tariq. You know, Tariq, I just feel as though, like, the fact that Tasha's mom said the most, in the most sinister way, she was like, um, babe, you know, Tasha, you got the name wrong. How do you get the name wrong? And the way she said it was so cold, I was like, see, that's my mom, right? That's some shit my mother would do. Like, yeah, you got the cake name wrong. Uh, so anyway, um, my, my early prediction for the next episode is Angie and Ghost, we're going to see, that's how they're going to open the show because they do that at least once every season. They open the show with them fucking. Either they done broke up and they fucking, they making up or they fucking, or they break up again and they fucking for the last time. This it's a repeating cycle. So they're gonna end up both naked. We're gonna see them, you know, we're gonna see them titties from, you know, Angie. We're gonna be surprised for like four seconds, like oh. Um, but then what's gonna happen is she's gonna end up getting a call from that other dude she just fucked a couple episodes ago. The one that I feel like fucked up her whole investigation with the, the Mendes. Yeah, I think he's fucking that whole thing up, and he's going to hit her mm-hmm. up and give her some information. Um, what's homeboy from uh, the Fast and the Furious movies? I feel like if anybody dies, he's probably going to die because he's a little bit too sneaky. Mm-hmm. I feel like his character arc has like, died down now that they brought that FBI lady in, and now they got the dude with the Jimenez. Drake mm-hmm. probably won't die this season. It'll just be one of those things where he just... He's too elusive, but he won't be working with Jimenez because I feel like the sister Jimenez is going to go in and be like, hey, um, you working with my brother, you're not telling me these things. So she's going to either get her own brother killed or she may even just kill Dre just for ghosts. So I- I'm hoping to see these things, but um, that's what it is. Um, anyway, moving from power. I'll keep this short. So Kanye West's father, you know, he started cancer treatment and apparently they've been growing closer. Now, I don't know if this means we're going to get a good Kanye album, but um, I'm just, you know, wishing the best for Kanye's father. I'm still on fuck Kanye forever. So best of luck to Kanye's father. Kanye, you know how I feel. Um, The game, apparently he is, supposed to be reimbursing Viacom for apparently putting his hands on somebody and assaulting a contestant on I think he had a show that was on VH1 and he put his hands on somebody so this is this is where I don't fuck with about the game yeah he always put his hands on somebody he know he can beat up yep he don't never test nobody he know gonna give him some go like never but that's him. That's but you know what? I fuck with his music. But I just need to. I just need to see a little bit more thorough shit out of him. I don't know. He's a bully. He's trying to be a bully, basically. Of course. So that's that. Um, let's see. So apparently, there was no DNA found in the whole Charlemagne case. So I do have to publicly apologize because I said I know he did it. Blah 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 blah. Um, so clearly, there's no DNA evidence. So. He didn't do it. Uh, I don't want to say the verdict is still out, but I feel as though if you show the history of you doing such things, it's only a matter of time before more information comes out. So I'm going to leave that with that. Um, God, we already almost yeah, have two hours. So let's see. Uh, maybe we, we'll skip. We'll save that for another episode because 
that will just evolve next week. Um, did y'all hear about this whole situation where this this woman ended up dating a serial killer? Yeah. Yep. Right about there earlier. Yeah. I I can play the clip for y'all if y'all want. Um, yeah, play it. You can play it for those who are not informed. Yeah. Let's let's play this. Let's see. Give me one second. Now to that frightening story from a woman who says she dated a self-proclaimed serial killer. The man accused of using dating sites to prey on and attack women. Now one is coming forward saying she narrowly avoided the same fate. Ariel Reshef is here with that story. Good morning, Ariel. Good morning to you, Robin. Zanea Barney says she thought she met her dream guy on a dating app until their relationship took a very dark and violent turn. Now she's speaking out to warn others, saying her story could happen to anyone looking for love online. As authorities look into that man's claims, he's killed. I relive it every day, you know. It was the romance sparked on a dating app Renea Barney says turned into a horrifying near-death experience. The 26-year-old mom speaking out to ABC News about her tumultuous relationship with 27-year-old Daniel Drake, the man now suspected of killing a woman and sexually assaulting at least two others, all of whom he allegedly met online. I felt guilty in the beginning because I kept feeling like, how could I not see the signs? Barney says the relationship started out promising. You said he almost seemed like the dream guy. We talked about everything. He started to become our best friend. And so was but months later, a red flag as she intercepted a phone call from another woman. No, you should have been honest with me. I should have to find out like that. She broke it off. She claims Drayton persisted, sleeping outside her home, buying her gifts, begging for her forgiveness. Until last month, when he told her he was heading to California. She agreed to meet him, and he asked her to drive to a nearby park. So you really don't see us getting back together? I was like, no. And that's when he just looked at me in the car and then jumped across, had both of his knees on top of my knees while my seatbelt was still on, and my car was, he somehow pushed my gear into park. And I'm saying he got, he was like, his hands stuck, his whole thumb in my throat. And I still have mark to this day. He kept his n- thumb there. I was like, I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna kill you. This is it. At, when he was choking me, the, I can't even de- like describe the feeling. That's when I kept feeling like this is it. Three workmen in the park noticing Barney was in distress. The guys that came to the scene, they called police. Those three men didn't appear. I wouldn't be here. Drayton was eventually arrested for attempted strangulation and slashing Barney's tires, but a judge later granted his release. Weeks later, Drayton, a fugitive, wanted by the NYPD for the murder of 29-year-old nurse Samantha Stewart and the rape of a 23-year-old woman. A fugitive task force and Los Angeles police eventually arresting him last week in a North Hollywood hotel where they say he had raped and attempted to kill a woman he was holding hostage. He pleaded not guilty to those charges. After his arrest, Drayton claimed he had committed as many as seven murders. Authorities have not been able to verify the crimes ever occurred. Has you changed your outlook on those online dating apps? Completely. I deleted every single one. It's just so scary because you just never know who somebody is at all. 
And ABC News has learned Drayton was convicted in the past of five felonies in Connecticut, including harassment and strangulation. Now a lot of people are wondering why a judge allowed his release after that assault on, on Nevaeh Barney. Well, the Nassau County Court tells ABC News there was no way the judge could have known and the judge didn't know there was an out-of-state criminal history. Authorities say that once he's extradited here to New York, he will face murder charges. Oh my gosh, my gosh. And I got to tell you, the advice that you gave yesterday, those suggestions about what to do, because a lot of people are always apps, I heard from a lot of people that yeah. were very thankful about that. Well, I'm glad. What the fuck? Yeah, this nigga wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. The thing, I had to play the whole clip because I've heard other podcasts play, and what they do is they play when the, you know, the young lady speaks, and then it's just like, okay, they form an opinion. And I appreciate their opinions, but it's like, bro, this nigga is wild. Um, You put on a front for a long time, dude, and then it's weird because I hope that we all either have a sister or we have someone that we're all close to that's a woman. And since this, this episode obviously is just all guys, there's no women to speak up. Chris isn't here. I'm, I'm terrified for single women that got to go through that shit. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Like, that's that's just crazy. That's some shit that you hear about made up in, you know, in a story or, or a movie plot. Lifetime. Like that, but... Yeah. This shit was real live happening. And then you may admit it or at least proclaimed to have done it over seven times. Yep. And the nigga looked like a normal nigga. That's just crazy. He looked like every like every other dude that's in the group that we be in. Like just mm-hmm. normal dude like, oh, we hang out with this dude at happy hour and all that. And sometimes you don't see the signs of creeps like that. Like they might even say things you let it slide. You'd be like, yeah, man, if I would have done it, I would have choked the bitch. You'd be like, oh, okay. Like, right. that's fine. But then you, you know, you let it go because it's like, all right, maybe this, he just joking for ha-ha. Now I'm looking at every dude like, well, you could be like this dude. Shit, I could be like that dude to a woman. You know, I could go and say these things, and that's how women are thinking. But like the girl said, she was like, he was so perfect that I didn't see the signs until it was too late. And she almost lost her life as a result. Yeah. Off bucks. If I hear any jokes about any type of thing like that, I'm instantly thinking, all right, maybe this nigga might be serious. Yeah. I, I don't really even have much else to say. Like Tony, Tony, I need your opinion. I know you got something. To say about it. I don't know. It seems unrealistic and it's crazy. Cause I know there's so many people that go through this. Yeah, it's weird, man. I just ugh. no boyfriends allowed up in this party. I got your girl rolling up my gas, getting naughty. Wonder why she don't pick up your calls. She with me and she won't be back to the top of the morning I got all my headers outside in the hallway If you out here looking for her, it's gonna be a long day Got your girlfriend getting naughty No boyfriends allowed up in this party No boyfriends allowed up in this party Told me she got more friends in the lobby We gon' smoke it up till it's gone Secret she would never tell ya. Yeah. Cheated on her, now you 
with enough today we need to go in straight into what's bothering us because i'm sure y'all have something that's either bothering y'all or let's even switch it up give one thing that's bothering you and then another thing that actually made you happy this week something that hey it's like damn that went better than i expected so i'm gonna let, let let's see let's go random this week d you go this week first you go ahead What's bothering me? What's bothering me? Uh, what's bothering me is here in the DMV, the shitty-ass weather where it decides it wants to rain every fucking day of the week. And then just out of nowhere, it's sunny. It's supposed to rain today. I ain't seen not a drop of rain come out the sky. Messed up my whole, messed up my whole day. I was supposed to go running. Couldn't do it because I thought it was going to rain. Didn't want to rain, you know, run in the rain on my lunch break. And it didn't rain at all. Messed up my calorie goals for today. That's what's mm-hmm. bothering me. Now, on the good side of this week, um, I, the only positive I got is it's Wednesday and I woke up. Yeah. That's enough. That, that's enough. <laughs> that is enough, yeah. I, I like that. So let's see. So, Tony, t- tell, tell us, man, first, what made you feel good this Actually, what made you feel good and then what's bothering you? Well, um, you guys know I got to the podcast a little late, so sorry, guys. I it was getting my cousins prepared. Um, they asked me to sing for their wedding dinner next weekend, next Friday, so they'll be um, exchanging their vows, like, in the more um, casual, it'll be over dinner. It'll still be a program, but I get to sing for it, so I'm so excited to do that. Um, and then any day now, expecting her to have her kid, who's my godson, so expecting him to come really in the next two to three weeks. And we're hoping that she can hold out that long. So, mm. you know, if you're listening, please pray that she can at least make it to the 11th so that we can get past the wedding. Um, so that's what I'm excited about. I'm excited for um, a little Omari to get here. Um, it's just been busy. Um, I'm excited to be doing a lot of new more music, a lot of more writing. Mm-hmm. Um, she'll be starting to record some stuff soon. So I'm happy and excited for that. Yeah. Then the thing that's bothering me, I hate when people pop up out of nowhere and expect you to be funny. What'd you say? I hate when people pop up out of nowhere and expect you to be like cool with it. Yeah. Like these these two young ladies that I haven't talked to in two years, our friendship ended. Um, I won't say like horribly, but it ended not in the greatest terms. And that was two years ago. And the other day, I was sitting here at lunch, I mean, at dinner, just chilling with my family, laughing, talking, and I get 
a FaceTime call from an 848 number. Who the hell lives in Jersey? I'm thinking of my cousins that live across the state line in New York. And I answer it, and it's Ben. And my face must have been, like, really serious. And they like, they had smiles, and they were like, oh, well, we missed you. We're going to talk. And I was like, why? No, like, well, can we come by? Can we go see you? <laughs> no, I live 12 hours away. Like, what are you expecting? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't pop up in people's life, and then they're like, well, we can be friends again. Uh, we can do this. We can't. That window is gone. You know, stop, stop disrupting people's happiness. I think that's my message is like, the person has moved on, like, let them go and let them move on. Like, don't disrupt their happiness. Yeah. Damn. That's it. Message. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, so, Q, what, you know what? Yeah. Actually, I want to know, because Q, we did the podcast last week, you know, the, you know, good, bad, and unavailable podcast, and you had mentioned over a couple of drinks about just life in general. You, you know, went on a little tangent about it. Has, have things changed, first and foremost, and two, what is something positive, other than the work that you told us about, what's something positive? I don't even want to know what's bothering you this week. No, no. I, I actually I had something really good. It's something that something. Well, uh, was bothering me. I'm gonna leave the what stupid thing. No, just tell us all. Go ahead. Just spit it out. No, 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 no. Okay. So today, so today I'm, I'm doing. I'm, you know, I'm coming back from finish doing my community service, and I can't wait to get over and done with. Oh God. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, outside Union Station. And whatever, and this young lady, this woman came come up to me and was like, "Hey, can I um use your phone? You know, can I use your phone?" I'm like, "Oh, all right." You know, I let her use the phone, whatever. And you think you would think if you're using somebody else's phone, you want to keep the conversation under under two minutes. Two, I would say two minutes, maybe even three. Three's the max. Not have a twenty twenty five minute conversation, and I'm like, um, lady, I gotta go because one, I gotta get home to my kids, and two, I gotta record. So I'm like in a time crunch, and plus I'm hungry. I'm standing up all damn day. I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. No, she just continued like and just and like walking away and everything, walking away and talking on the phone, and then I'm like. If you try to walk over my phone, uh, something something's going to happen, and it may not be from me. It may be from the Amtrak officers mm-hmm. standing right there. It may be the Metro Transit Police. It's going to be somebody that's going to come that's coming after you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's one thing that was that's one thing that's bothered that that really bothered me today. Was mm-hmm. Like okay, like out of the kindness of my heart, I let you use my phone. Yeah. I, uh, the, the next person may not may have said no, get or just walked away. You see, see you try, trying to walk to, to, in their direction. I'm that next person. <laughs> and you are that next person. Yes, <laughs> but, but like you know, if someone's allowing you to use something, you know, it's like something is as expensive as a phone. Keep it short. 
like, okay, I'm right here. I don't have a phone. I can't eat. My phone's dead or whatever. Um, I'm here or, you know, keep it real short. Don't go, don't go on a rant and a tangent and, and act like this is your phone. No, I pay for this. It's mine. <laughs> um, so that's was one thing that's bothered me. I I had something really something stupid that my crazy baby mother had had done. I can't really remember. I can't really remember because she does so much fucked hard shit. Dude, we have to get you your own like podcast where you have all the stories from your baby mom. Oh, oh I have plenty. I have plenty. Uh, we I have plenty. Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking about doing that too. I could write a book about all this, <laughs> all this crazy, stupid, like what the fuck is this shit that she does? But I'm gonna let her have her moment of peace. Like I said, I'm in a good, I'm like starting to enter a good space in terms of job prospects. Um, and I got another, e- another, I got another email from the same school district that they want me to apply for. Um, to be a teacher leader, like to teach and also coach, like coach at the same time. So, it's some things moving. Things are moving. They're moving in a good direction, and I'll save the fucktar shit that my baby mother has done for the week <laughs> and next week. I'll hear that much. So, finally, we got you, CJ. So, who's bothering you? Okay, what's bothering me is myself. It's my it's my previous self of how I was approaching the LeBron James, <laughs> you know the whole the whole you know thing of home you know just him as a basketball player. I always gave him credit for what he did off the court. Mm-hmm. So now what's bothering me for myself is looking back and just just as recently as what, a couple months ago, mm. looking looking back on how I viewed him as a basketball player, just how you know he's not my goat. He's not my greatest of all time and all that. I gotta, uh, I gotta take, I gotta say my foot was in my mouth and take it out because of what he did with the school, man. I feel like this is a, this, this, this warmed my heart and and it was necessary, you know. And at the times we got all these bad news, LeBron came through with some of the best news I've ever heard. You know what I mean? Um, I can't, I, 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 I'm saying it here first. I will not say anything negative ever, even if it's on the court, LeBron. I'm never saying anything negative about LeBron from here on out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because basketball ain't even that deep. It's just basketball. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And what he does with his celebrity, with the, like there's a picture being LeBron James. Like, you know what I'm saying? People know you. Everybody knows who you are. Not just America. In the whole world. Mm-hmm. They know who you. You might be one of the most famous people in the world. Mm-hmm. And you're a black man. A single parent home. Grew up in the hood in Akron. You know, you, your parents struggled. Your talent level of the way you played the game basketball drove you out of poverty in your family. And the fact that you're willing to take that celebrity, the power that you have, and help a mass, a major, mass amount, of, a, amount of people, generations, the next generation, I feel like he's setting an example that a lot of people will follow. And we needed somebody to do that. Yep. Cause we didn't see a lot of that happening, so I buy, I take my hat off to the man. I have nothing but respect for that man for what he's doing. Like I have nothing negative to say about LeBron. Like I can say in the public, I he 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 stayed with his high school sweetheart, his wife. You have no stories about him cheating on his wife, leaving. 
you know what I'm saying, or doing anything stupid in public, or he actually uh, had a woman removed from a VIP section because she was hitting on him, if I'm not mistaken. You know what I yep. mean? Um, that man is the ultimate role model for, yeah. if you like, you say, like Mike, what about like LeBron? You know what I mean? Like, because at the end of the day, we, 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 we glorify these other guys, or he's that guy, or the Floyd Mayweathers, or the, or the 50 Cents, or the other guys in, in, in the limelight with money that people look up to. LeBron James is doing it, and he's the biggest celebrity. Mm-hmm. LeBron James is doing it on an Obama level. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and I, I'm it, sorry, it, you need to cut you off. Yeah, I'm not good, and I just feel like what's bothering me was is the fact that I was so adamant or arguing against him for Michael Jordan. Like, damn, why was I so ignorant to doing this because of fucking the sport of basketball? Exactly. That's it. And even with LeBron, what LeBron doing, we need to see more people with his with his stature, his celebrity, doing those type of things. Like you need to, like we, people. If you if you attain some type of some type of status, no matter you know you know in what area, whether it's in entertainment, whether it's in sports, whatever, you need to use that that platform you have in a positive way and not try to tear people down with it or do some or do stupid shit with it. Do something. Do something to make someone's life better. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's making thousands, millions of lives better, from possibly. You know what I mean? Like he's he's changing a whole probably stricken situation with his because he has the power to do so. Yep. And a lot of other people have the same power, and they're and not doing that. Yeah, no using it. Yeah. Yes. Well, we we just need to appreciate LeBron. I didn't. Um, I still think Golden State's going like blow whoever the fuck in the East out. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna bust their ass. Um, yeah. and the Lakers probably, like I said, are going to be third seed. I'll take that. Um, sorry, Darren. I know you want higher, but I mean it's the Western Conference. Uh, I'm um, a realist. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, saying that to say that we, we are going to end the episode this week. But before that, we need to give everybody a chance to share their social media so they can tell, you know, how to follow you on social media. So, let's see. CJ, you go ahead and let them know. CJ Jackson on Facebook, on uh, Instagram. I'm Killer Season. Season spelled C-E-E-S-O-N. D, how can they find you? First and foremost, thank y'all for having me as a guest on the show today. I appreciate it. Um, you can find me Twitter underscore Twatch Me Work T W A T C H M E W R K. Instagram, they call me Banks. Snapchat D dot Quizzy. Q, where can they find you, bro? Um, on Twitter, I'm QDZ1906. Q D E E Z Y one nine zero six on Instagram. Um, your child's teacher nineteen oh six, and yeah, we'll leave it to that this for this for this week. Okay, and Tony, where can they find you at? Hey everybody, you can find me at my artist page, which is Tony the Artist oh six T 
That's perfect. So until next week, hopefully we get Chris back, but keep her in your prayers, her and her family. For sure, for sure. Thanks for listening to the Young Black and Bother Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to subscribe and follow us. See you next time. See you next time.